Hi, I'm Marcy. And I'm Akko. And I'm Rain. And welcome to the Color Pages Book Club, a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds. Yeah, colorful backgrounds. And today, mm-hmm. yes, today, we, on our, our, on our <laughs> As last, opposed to not today. <laughs> as yes. opposed to yesterday and or tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> We are on our last episode of our Summer Short series. Mm. Yeah, that's right, y'all. Damn. I know. It's autumn. You know, the, the trees are turning unless you live in a tropical area and or are affected by climate change. And, you know, we've done a lot of delicious things this season. I was like, you know, today we decided to wrap it up, you know, wrap up the whole thing with a nice little bow with a guest episode. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And with a review of the queer canadian sitcom sort of by bilal baij ah lovely lovely now before we get into all the details around that sitcom and and all of that 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 entails rain i know we like gas dramatically as if we didn't think you were gonna be here (laughs) but like please tell us about like who you are tell us about your podcast if folks have been listening for a while they should recognize you already but if not feel free to give folks a little bit of a recap uh sure sure yeah thank you so much um carefree black nerd podcast is my brand platform um i champion representation in comics and related media uh this type of media included and uh that's that's really the the crux the nexus the thesis of my existence um Mm -hmm. i have several shows live shows you did a tom swift review um i scream into the ether about black characters and disabled characters and marginalized and brown folks who do not get their mm. just due. And uh yeah, I'm just a just a nerd down in the south doing what I can to uh mm. make waves. That's it. Ooh. Period. Period. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I, love that. I love screaming to yes. the ether. That's just Yeah. Um, I felt that one. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely. And yes, everyone, of course, it goes off saying that we highly recommend Carefree Black Nerd Podcast. Mm-hmm. That's how we originally got introduced to Rain. Rain is absolutely lovely. Um, and yeah, check him out because he's the shit. Thank you. Yes, definitely check out Rain. He's wonderful. Also, you can check out The Wiz, which we also did with Rain, which was also wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I think, what else mm-hmm. did we do? We did Generations. And, um, is it? Oh, we are who we are. There we go. Yeah, those last two were on your show, but yeah, we did the Wiz last summer, and it was and it yeah. was. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, we have not told you anything about this author, so let me just tell you a little <laughs> bit about <laughs> Balavage. Um, they are a non-binary Pakistani Muslim Canadian. And they hail from Toronto from the six with my woes. Anyway, they are most noted hey. for their play, <laughs> Akavaka, and the television series, Sort Of, which we watched for today's show. Okay, so as a note, I just thought this was interesting and important. Mm-hmm. Although Sort Of was the top winner overall in television categories at the 10th Canadian Screen Awards in 2022, which 
Canada, you, you, 2022, you only have, you've only had 10? We right, God damn. For a while. It's 2012? I'm not going to come yeah. for a while because it's rude. Okay. I got questions. Anyway, Beige notably refused to submit for consideration at all due to the gender division between best actor in a comedy series and best actress mm. in a comedy series. So the Academy of Canadian Cinema and Television subsequently announced that beginning with the 11th Canadian Screen Award in 2023, gender neutral awards for best performance will be presented instead of separate gendered actor and actresses categories. Wait, period. I know. What? Very cool. Hey. I love that. Yeah. It's really wonderful. So that's, this person's great. They're doing cool shit. Also, the show's kind of wonderful. So there's that. But before we get into Mm. the summary, y'all know what this is. Mm -hmm. All right. Y'all know where we are. This is CPBC. Okay. So obviously, (laughs) everyone's like, this got real, real aggressive, real DJ, you know, (laughs) 106 in Park. What was going on? All right. Anyway, I got a question. (laughs) I wish. Yo, when I was a kid, I always wished I could be on 106 in Park. Anyway, that's not the question. Mm. I did not know that about you. I love oh, that that is a fact. Oh, my God. Um, yes. I wanted to be the host. Huh. I don't know. I oh, just felt... Wow. <sighs> whatever. Anyway, it obviously didn't happen because 106 and Park's not a thing anymore, but I have a question. Speaking <laughs> of television shows <laughs> that are deep cuts or not deep cuts, there's a lot yes. of them out there right now, and some of them are super good with lots of characters who may or may not mm-hmm. get attention that they should. What is a mm-hmm. show you've been watching, have watched, want to watch? It also could be a movie or a podcast that you mm-hmm. feel is just just the cat's pajamas, but nobody is paying mm. attention to it. Okay. I have aggressive opinions about this. Notice, noticing that it is bringing up an aggressive energy in me, I would like to, if anyone would like to go before me. <laughs> no, please. I will have. Okay. So I personally, I um have either of you watched um Craig of the Creek? Yes. <laughs> oh, look at God. Yes. Okay. So for those who may be unaware, so okay, so this is a show where I'm actually not sure. Like, so it's on the fourth season, I believe, at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's not to say that the show is like poorly received or anything like that. I think part of why I feel like people aren't talking about it is because I'm 29 years old and this is a cartoon <laughs> on Cartoon Network for that's, yeah. that's like literally for a younger audience. But when I tell y'all this is the be- like one of the best shows I've seen just in general, like it's just mm-hmm. basically it chronicles um sort of the misadventures of this black kid named Craig. He lives in like a suburban part of Maryland. And, like, there's a creek, like, near his house where, like, a bunch of kids, like, come together and, like, get into all these, like, different hijinks. There's, like, a kind of, I guess, main storyline that kind of talks a lot about a lot of sort of, like, economic kind of capitalist sort of, uh, like, political commentary within these sort of, like, kids microcosm that's kind of going Mm. on there. But, like, the, the bigger thesis of the show is really just, like, showcasing, like, imagination and just hijinks and, like, hilarity. And it is truly one of the funniest fucking shows. Like, I remember, okay, there's like, <laughs> there's an episode where Craig gets into a drawing contest. Right. I don't know if you saw this episode, but there was a, mm. it was like from the recent season where like Craig gets into a drawing contest against, <laughs> against, <laughs> against this girl in the creek. And like, 
it was truly like I like it was just like the animation and just like that like the needlessly <laughs> high stakes of the situation were just like mm-hmm. absurd. Like it was like on some WWE shit. Like they're both like draw <laughs> like, the categories like draw a horse and like people are literally like placing bets. Like they're like losing their minds. Like, it's just like it's. It, I feel like I'm not doing it justice, but like it is just truly such a hilarious and also just very inclusive and amazing mm. show. But like very seamlessly. Like I feel like it models like inclusive language and like a lot of things just very well. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it's just funny as fuck. Like it's just if you're ever having a bad day or just like yeah. want to laugh or whatever, it's just such a good energy show. So that's Ooh. the show I always go up for. Another show, just for a quick bonus that I feel have I have similar sentiments about. Um is uh have y'all watched Took and Birdie? Yes. I mm. love okay. that show. You're right. Okay, okay. Yeah. So Tuka and Birdie is another one that I feel like I, I don't hear people talk about a lot, yeah. but it's also really goddamn good. Um I mean, yeah, the premise is like it's just like these two birds that are best friends, like living in basically what's like an urban city, maybe like a New York City type situation, but like and just kind of following their lives. But like I, I feel like Tuka and Birdie does a really good job of like being funny but also very like responsible in his representation yeah. like they talk a lot about like trauma and healing and like family dynamics and like mm-hmm. there's some serious shit that goes on on that show but like, it's also just so funny and just so i don't know it's just there, there's clearly a lot of care that goes there's a lot to, of love yeah 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 and like also just absurd like it's just it like absurd. like there was an episode where for example Tuka had um Tuka's like one of the main characters like one of the birds like she had like sex bugs which are basically like crabs and like they like she like Ugh. went to the grocery store with Birdie to like get some shampoo for it and like while they were there because of bullshit like basically like a trial broke out like they had to like like basically right right like, like tuka like had used the wrong shampoo so her sex bugs became like life size and so then like these extermination people came and they said we have to kill the sex bugs and then she was like sex bugs deserve to be loved too so they literally had like a makeshift trial in this grocery store it just like was the most ridiculous or like there's another one where like tuka like had a reality tv show to like figure out who was gonna date her next and like it was yes. very much playing on like the bachelor and like type shit like that it was just very mm-hmm. it's just so fucking funny and i'm like i funny. literally just be out loud open mouth guffawing at this shit it funny as hell anyway so um those are my uh two um shows for your one show question but um well, it's also a diverse cast because i think it's ali wong tiffany haddish mm-hmm. steven yoon mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like a very like interracial but not centering mm. whiteness cast. Yes. And it just like doesn't get any accolades for that, which is like wild but super cool. Yeah. Um agreed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Rain, yeah. what about you? Uh for me it would have to be Tom Swift. Um because after mm. that HBO CW whatever racist merger that happened, this show was doomed to fail, but that you took an American classic and I use that very loosely of Tom Swift, make him gay, make him black, make him part of a billionaire tech family with a trans male bodyguard with tons of very gender expressive people. And you can actual, yes, I tell you there was sex. I've never even heard of the show. Yes, there was sex. When I tell you there was sex and it's CW and the sex was not, extremely graphic it was just the amount of sex you would have seen on Riverdale or Nancy Drew but it's the fact that there were two black visibly black characters carrying on it was mm. like a Kenyan 
um, queer guy who was like a bodyguard, an antihero from the other team. And I'm like, I'm not African, so I won't even attempt to like speak for anyone who is, but I know the um, stereotypes that I've seen growing up have been like Africans are extremely um, homophobic, probably not more than anyone else, but just it was somewhere different. But to have this like Kenyan man who was very much standing up and being Kenyan, it was just, it's like fucking good. The, the, not the big bad, but one of the like big antagonists was an Asian woman who wasn't like um, f- extremely feminized and fetishized. She was like holding her own on some big time evil shit. It was just such a good show. That I felt Ooh, like people didn't really um, give a chance, but CW really dropped the ball with marketing too. And this came out right when they had that merger. And so now you got the folks talking yeah. about they want traditional values, but like, eh, that's not what you built the backs. Whatever. I could rant for a while. Yeah. In short, this was a show celebrating the differences and normalizing them. This man's bodyguard was a trans man. That's not something I could say I would have ever thought to have seen. Um, mm-hmm. There was very much a love triangle, love square happening with some beautiful black folks. There was not espionage, gadgets. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And it got heated. So, all in all, I just, I, I pray that that show gets a box set, gets picked up at another company, gets a second, third, and fourth season. Like, it leaned heavy into sci-fi all the way into the Ooh. very last minute. So, Tom mm. Swift. Tom Swift, yeah. I'm mad. This only has 2.8 stars on the internet. Yeah. Which which makes... It's very racist and it's homophobic. And I'm not even exaggerating. That is the only reason why. And I'm going to tell you this. Even for queer people, specifically black gay men who were like, giving this show shit. And I'm like, you're not even watching. If you watch from... The, there was a hookup scene in the first episode wasn't out of the blue like it made sense there was blackness there was beauty there was like opulent if you're mad at like the capitalism aspect and like extreme wealth that's one thing but like let's not say that and then watch tony stark like let's not do that Mm -hmm. but it was very much a lot of queer black representation that i have been pleading for for the last decade give me two Black men who are visibly black and are together. I don't need this racially ambiguous partner who could be Pakistani. He could be biracial. He could be Latino. I don't need that. Give me a very black man with a wide nose and his lover who also is dark enough to at least look like an ancestor. But just, I digress. Tom Swift is the show that I think needs a movie. Several spinoffs. And it just has the potential to like do so much, and we're just cut off at the mm. knees. Damn! How did you watch it? Um, it was on CW. I did like a little live tweet and live show, and okay. then I would go back and watch it again on the CW app. Um, the next day, it was streaming there. Got you, got you. Yeah, the merger. It's um, everyone's like looking at it like, wait, wait a second. What? Why are mm. why are all the marginalized shows suddenly getting canceled? It's mm. definitely, it's, um, ah, uh, yeah. It's the 90s all over again. Yeah, I think there's definitely a social, there's a really strong social backlash to 2020. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, I think just to touch on that, like, it's, I think we have to be really wary of it because I think we are going to get a lot of people who just quietly stop <laughs> funding these projects as if oh, they've absolutely. overfunded them in the last two years, which they didn't. <laughs> um, 
And mm-hmm. it's sort of mm-hmm. like, well, now you've had your moment in the sun. Now we have to get back to how things should be. And you're like, there is, we're not going back. <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. how to tell you that, but we're not doing it. I am not doing it, at least. The show is not doing it. Rain is not doing mm-hmm. it. The next generation at of people all. who are born can't do it because they literally can't try and travel back in time. So like, what's good? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. so that's something to think about with your television consumption. I have a show as well, which I don't know if it is underrated, but I feel like it is. It's called Reservation Dogs. And mm. it's hmm. the cast is it's it's a fully indigenous American cast and it's just like four teenagers just living their lives. And I, I loved it. I don't know. I don't think I don't think we've seen a lot of like slice of life for indigenous Americans. And Mm. (laughs) frankly it's insulting that we haven't but i really really liked it because it was actually i realized i was like kind of old because i related with um the main character's mom and there's (laughs) there's this scene where she like (laughs) (laughs) she like hooks up with this white man who's like a doctor or something and she's like this is great like and her 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 kid's dad like low-key left and like is a rapper in Cali. And she's like, this is great. I get it's a rich husband. It's going to be fine. Everything's great. Then she comes downstairs for breakfast and he's like, <laughs> he just starts saying racisms. <laughs> he, just, Ew. he just cannot help himself. And she does this moment of flashback where all of a sudden she's like in like, you know, like the settler colonial times. And she's like looking around, like it's a very like get out moment. And I, in that moment, mm. I was like, I have been this woman in the shoes where you're just like, wait a second like wait a second Mm. are you are you a racist but you're also attracted to women of color and the answer is yes and i was like i just remember looking at the screen being like get out get out get out and as she got up to leave i was Mm. like i totally relate to this moment so i don't know i just feel like the fact that people can clearly relate means that like there's similar poc struggles happening and i i just Mm. really liked it i was like yes i i don't know like if if the majority culture could have completely understood what was happening there, but I just immediately understood and I really enjoyed it. And of course there were things I didn't understand and, or like didn't don't have as my culture, but I really enjoyed watching it and being like, yeah, I get, I get it was real and raw and honest and beautiful. I love the female characters in that show too. It's just really dope. So anyway, I totally recommend reservoir reservation dogs as well. Reservoir dogs is a mafia movie from like the nineties. Sorry guys. But, um, Reservation Dogs is a great hmm. show. And the kids are, they're just so adorable. It's very imaginative, right? It's like very teens, you know, you know what teenagers think they're cynical and like figured everything out, but they also like right. have these whimsies, like these whimsical thoughts still. And it's like mm-hmm. this, this sort of odd reality that like is both fantastical, but cynical. It's really, I really like that show. Whoever does the cinematography also is like really great. So and it's just unapologetic. Wow. It, it's an unapologetically indigenous American show, and I think that's really dope. So I, I haven't finished that. it. Yeah, it's great. How do you watch it? It's on Hulu. Perfect. Yeah, I think it's on Hulu. Is Amazing. it Netflix? Is it Amazon? Is it? Uh, let me check. <laughs> Hulu. I was right. Okay, <laughs> so we are going to take a break. Yeah pulling for consensus mm-hmm. yeah okay we're gonna take a break and when yes. we come back we're gonna do a plot summary and then rain's gonna come back and we're gonna discuss the show all right see y'all soon sounds good see y'all 
we're back. Woo. Uh, so, yes, the lovely rain will return when we do our discussion. But first, Aqua mm-hmm. and I just want to take a quick second to talk about what actually happened in sort of who and y'all. This show is a 10. Cannot wait to talk about the events. Also, I mean, this kind of goes without saying, but like heavy spoiler alert, like heavy spoiler alert. Like we're literally going to talk about everything. Uh, also, just want to say real quick that um, just for the for the plot summer, we're not going to do like episode by episode. We're just going to kind of go through the general events and then we'll just kind of go from there. So I'll start. So basically, just so some quick context. So our protagonist in sort of is um, a person by the name of Sabi, who is a non-binary Pakistani person who's about uh, maybe like late 20s, early 30s, living in Canada, mm-hmm. working as a nanny and as a bartender. And we, we kind of just from, literally from like minutes one of episode one, I'm like, okay, Sabi's kind of <laughs> like kind of a little bit lost right now trying to figure out what to do with yeah. you know the, sort of their life like right mid, mid-20s energy you know saturn returns type t's <laughs> so <laughs> so sabi lives with their sister Aksa, and the show kind of starts out actually with a scene between sabi and their boyfriend and it's the boyfriend's birthday is like this white boy named lewis and oh my god so sabi's like at like dinner with lewis and like is lewis's birthday so sabi like you know gets him a gift or whatever and the boyfriend goes in this whole thing where like he's like sabi i told you i want a gift for my birthday i don't want a gift for my birthday i feel like you don't see me i I am not seen in this relationship (laughs) and sabi's like bitch what and so like basically lewis is like it's over what's that i will say i do (laughs) dislike what people what people assume that if i said i didn't want something that i secretly wanted and i'm just like lying to them and like a pseudo Mm. what's it called reverse psychology but i mean that's not where lewis is coming from with this Mm. but yeah well um, and and that's real that's real i'm with you yeah like like, it it is sometimes weird when people like do the most for an occasion be it a birthday or anything else where you're like you actually didn't have to do all that but like I'm like, damn, you break it up with me? Like, I'm just like, right, like right. that's, that's the one, you know? Right. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely, definitely some other things going on. So that happens, like, immediately. Um, Sabi also has a friend named Seven, who's an art curator. Um, and basically, mm-hmm. she has a gig in Berlin. And she actually wants Sabi to, to go with her. And she's like, look, Sabi, yeah. like, I know that you are trying to, like, figure things out right now. I feel like you're kind of, like, sort of at a crossroads. Berlin could give you some perspective. Mm-hmm. Could be really cute. Like, whoop, 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 whoop. And so, and so, like, we're all like, okay, okay, so we will go to Berlin. Yeah. Okay, Germany. Yes. Literally um, everyone in the room. Like in literally, we're, different rooms. <laughs> all of us like, watching it, <laughs> like the show, the people in the show, all of us were like, yeah. "Yes, look, Sabi going to How, Berlin, wear it out." Characters we haven't even met yet, <laughs> right? <laughs> they were like, "You should go," <laughs> right? Everybody's <laughs> on board, and so this is happening immediately afterwards. There's a scene where basically you find out that um, Louis, um, you know, Sabi's, I guess now ex is very was like very messily and like kind of nonchalant like just basically cheating on them and like because like on instagram basically like lewis is like with his ex whatever this like white woman named mckenzie and sabi's like wow yikes so anyway so this happens also there's a scene where sabi is like at their like nanny gig and like so the parents of the of the children that sabi kind of looks after their names are bessie and paul and so basically, mm-hmm. they're like, "Yeah, Sabi, like I think that like you know we may not need you for." We like- should also point out like Bessie is Asian Canadian and mm-hmm. Paul is is I guess white Canadian. Um, yeah. So just so their kids are mixed, 
mm-hmm. as well. But then their kids aren't really white passing either. But anyway, so that's just just to show that it's like a show about different Asian Canadians. So mm-hmm. we've got like South Asian and then East Asian and then also white people. And then, yeah, anyway, so I think mm-hmm. Lewis is, is white though. I think Lewis so. is, okay. I think, I'm pretty sure Lewis is, yeah, Lewis is white. All right. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. We don't know what's going on in Canada. But <laughs> right. <laughs> sounds right. <laughs> Thank you, Aku. Appreciate that. Yes. To all of that. So basically, Bessie and Paula like, yes, yeah, Abby. Like, it is, it is no Sade, but like, I think we good after a couple months, whatever, whatever. And Sabi's like, okay, cool. Losing my nanny job. That sucks. Later, there's a scene with Sabi at like the at the bar, and Bessie actually comes in. So remember, Bessie's like, you know one half i guess of 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 sabi's employer and basically bessie's like you know is it weird like described that way one half of their employer i guess yeah (laughs) so um basically bessie's like i know this is weird like you know and and i I think there was something where like sabi might have mentioned berlin and bessie was like i'm gonna miss you are you gonna miss me something like that something about like missing one another no bessie's gonna miss gonna miss them because it wasn't really Bessie's idea to to fire. It was my Paul ba- because my bad. Okay, yeah, yeah, sorry. Paul feels intimidated by how much more Sabi knows about his family <laughs> because he's never present, mm. um, which is like the running theme throughout the rest of the show. When Paul's like coming to coming coming of age, not coming of age, his growth story, right? So he's kind of projecting his insecurity about about not being close with his wife we find that it's also cheating on him and then something bad happens to bessie which marcy will now explain sorry okay no that's, that's fine um yeah no thank you for that i i honestly forgot what their interaction was about but yeah that that was why bessie was like is this weird and sabi's like yeah it's weird but like whatever basically long story mm-hmm. short yeah so essentially the episode kind of ends with like you know sabi and lewis are like officially over yeah Sabi tells Seven, like, yes, fuck yeah, we're going to Berlin, wear it out. And then also mm-hmm. we learn that Bessie gets into like a bike accident and she's like unresponsive mm-hmm. and sent to the hospital. And I so I point out that bike accidents are really dangerous and bad. And I don't think that gets enough attention in the media. And you can really die. Yeah, it's actually very scary. And we, we need to have more bike lanes. It's better for like the environment, but it's also better for the health and safety of bikers. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, I mean, agreed um because yeah sometimes mm-hmm. like i i mean i live in place i've lived in places where like you know there was at least some bike lanes but even then like there's some streets where i'm like there really should be a bike lane here <laughs> um or like there's a bike lane and cars just don't give a shit like they're just all up in that mm-hmm. shit i'm just like yeah this is like literally not safe but whatever um mm-hmm. anywho so bessie's in the hospital paul um who again is her husband basically during this time is like relying a lot on on sabi and like you know we, we sort of to Aqua's point earlier, basically we're seeing a lot of scenes where Paul realizes he actually doesn't know that much about Bessie mm-hmm. or his children, um, Violet and Henry. So for example, small things like he didn't know that like Violet didn't like cereal or that Bessie was taking antidepressants and like things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. We also learned that like Bessie was low key to, and by low key, I mean, just was texting some <laughs> guy was. named Penny. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, because Paul was like looking through her phone or whatever and like not intentionally, but basically he like had her phone and he like, she had gotten a text yeah. and basically he was like, who the fuck is Penny? Oh wait, why are these flirtations? I'm sorry. What the fuck? Like, what is happening? So like basically Paul's like, was Bessie having an affair like what the fuck is going on violet again they're 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 i guess their oldest child she's just sort of you know been struggling with with everything going on with bessie and she's 
frustrated because she's like, okay, like I know something happened to my mom. Like people, like Sabi, everyone's telling me that like something, you know, that she got into this accident, but like no one's really going into detail about how she do, how she's doing and like her health and all that. Right. And like it's, it's it's that classic thing of like the parents you know or or the caretakers i guess want to sort of protect the children from like unnecessary stress in the situation right. but by doing that it's like causing more stress because the kids it's are like what the stress. fuck right mm-hmm. so so that's like all kind of going Just on children there are precocious and know what's going on even if you try to hide it from them so you exactly. might as well just be upfront and honest that's yeah. the situation at hand exactly rather than hiding it and then just leading to more mess but um but yeah mm-hmm. so so clearly from this actual shit is happening people like listen people are like in the hospital like we're trying to like care after families why is lewis again sabi's ex showing up like <laughs> oh, yeah. hey i'm here too and like basically I'm in love is, with like, you, sabi. like going up to sabi like hey like i'm like so in love with you like literally like, being high-key creepy like showing up at like sabi's job showing up yeah. like in different places and being like i could get back together with me and sabi's like Boy, we actually do not have time for this. Like, we actually yeah. don't have time for this right now. I'm just like looking at the script and the runtime of the episode, and we right. like, literally do not have time. <laughs> a lot of plot points to get through. Right, a lot of things going on. Uh, so basically, Sabi's like, okay, yeah, there's a lot going on with this family, and like, also, you know, Sabi and Bessie are are very close, right? And so, mm-hmm. and, and for reasons we'll go into in a little bit. And so Sabi, because of all of this, is like, it feels weird to go to Berlin when the family is struggling like this. So, like, I can't go. So they end up telling Seven, who takes it very, very poorly. Um, Mm. And is like, you are always just like, I forgot what exactly she said, but something to the effect of, like, you're not allowing yourself to, like, be your fullest self and you're always holding yourself Mm. back. Like, things like that. You know, like, kind of going for the jugular a little bit. So, yeah. So so that happened. Um, Also, a detail that I kind of forgot to mention a little bit earlier was that there was actually a scene in the first episode where Sabi ran into their mom, um, Rafa, who basically for the first, like, just because, like, she, she had been calling Sabi throughout the entire episode, but, like, Sabi hadn't been answering. And so, like, Rafa just literally pulled up. <laughs> and Sabi was kind of shook because, like, they were like, oh, I'm in a fresh beat and I'm wearing really feminine clothes. And, like, my mom understands me as, like, her son and, like what and so basically from that Sabi was like oh i feel like things are gonna be weird with me and my mom and like because like her reaction was just kind of you know she was like it, it was a little like she was kind of like yeah just sort of struggling with it i guess like Sabi's yeah. gender expression and so um in the next episode we see Sabi's mom kind of like you know catching up with one of her good judies and she ends up choking on some pond and so um Sabi gets the news from oxa that like oh like you know mom's in the hospital we need to like you know like check on her whatever whatever so they all go to the hospital right mm-hmm. and so we see that sabi's mom again her name is rafa um rafa was like you know looking at oxa oxa looking at sabi and is like wow so it really takes me almost dying <laughs> for y'all to show up wow look at me in a whole hospital wow. and this is the first time that we've all been together that's so wild you know it's so <laughs> funny and sabi's like mom really and like and rafa's like no, 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 no let me finish i just think it's really interesting <laughs> that like i'm literally in a hospital and that brings us together but like I'm your mother your whole mom but that's mm-hmm. so you know whatever it's fine and so, at the same time, um, Violet, she's like, "What's up? Who carried either of you 
in her stomach for not, you know. <laughs> right. No, like pulling all that shit, all that shit. It's like, I mean, but I, I mean, and all I wanted to do was just talk to my kids, but you know, I guess that's too much to add, you know, all that, all that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Anyway. So, so like while Aksa and Savi are like being subjected to all of this <laughs> at the same time, um, Paul and, and his kids. Violet, if I ever become a parent, I'm, I'm going to do that. I would be like, not me who carried you in her oh, right. stomach for nine months. <laughs> not me. <laughs> As he just like wistfully look out the window and like just like bring your wrist to your forehead like but it's fine yes, it's, it's fine, fine. <laughs> no don't carry the groceries and starving it's fine <laughs> i mean i've already done so much for this family but like yes asking to bring in the groceries was clearly too much i'm sorry my too apologies much. um <laughs> i feel like it's like all you get anyway sorry good anyway. <laughs> so um all this is happening at the same time, Paul with, with his kids, Violet and Henry, are like at the hospital too, kind of vi- just visiting um, mm-hmm. Bessie. And so they end up actually running into, into Subby and Seven, who also, I guess, was also at the hospital. I forgot to mention that, whatever. Anyway, basically, they all like run into each other, right? <laughs> Subby's like, oh, girl, the way y'all cannot meet my mom, though. Oh, Violet, mm-hmm. Henry, Paul love y'all, but y'all literally can't meet my mom. She's actually going to take it terribly mm-hmm. if she learns that I'm a nanny and like... Things are already kind of tense since she saw me in makeup. So like, (laughs) sorry. Um, And so that's happening. Henry, one of the kids, runs off. And like, well, like in a way that like no one noticed. And so like everyone was like, wait, where the, where the fuck is Henry? So they like are all like looking for him. Mm -hmm. He actually just ends up being, he's like just outside picking flowers. But like during all of this, we learn that Sabi actually finds out that Paul has actually pretty much been cosplaying as Bessie and like texting this penny person back <laughs> yeah. and forth. And like Sabi's like, that's like super weird that you're like pretending to be Bessie. Like, don't, like, mm-hmm. don't you think that's like kind of weird, Paul? Like, I just feel like it's like a little strange <laughs> that you're doing this. And Paul's like, what? Also, we find out Although, that. Although, I don't know. Like, well, it is. Odd. Don't, don't do that. But, but if. If my spouse, yeah, it's weird. But if your spouse is in a coma and you find out this like piece that is like an existential, you know, existentially changes how you view the relationship and you're like, I might never get answers from my spouse. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, uh, people are pretty, ir- like, that's not a situation where I'm like, you should use rash, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. why didn't you think rationally about what you're doing? You know, that, I mean, you should, but it doesn't, uh, I could see you not is I guess mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Anyway, mm-hmm. continue. No, that's real. That's real. So yeah. So like, I mean, it's certainly nuanced, but you know, basically Paul's like, yeah, I'm gonna keep doing it. Um, also, seven- now if Paul had killed Betsy, that would have been. If Paul killed Bessie? Yeah, like, you know how, like, in those, like, Dateline episodes, it's, like, the person, not Dateline, I don't really watch Dateline, but, like, all those, like, the f- the husband did a thing, it's always, like, they mm. take the phone and they cover, like, Gone Girl, and they, like, cover it up. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I- I'm off topic, but back to you. <laughs> that's, that's fine. <laughs> that didn't happen in the story. Yeah. <laughs> it's a um, sitcom. Yeah. So um basically while so while this is all happening, um Seven was actually with with Violet and basically like, you know, they were just like chatting, whatever, whatever. And Seven's like, you know what, Violet, we should like go and meet Rafa. Like, do you want to meet Sabi's mom? Do you want to meet Sabi's Bobby? Like Violet's like, mm. hell yeah. And then Sabi's <laughs> like, hell no. Like what? And so like basically like it's like a race to like not <laughs> meet Sabi's mom or meet Sabi's mom, just de- determine it on who the winner is. Basically, they all end up like rushing into this room. So mind you, is Rafa her daughters oxa and mm-hmm. then like subby seven paul henry and violet and so like mm-hmm. rafa's like 
so cute that these kids are here, but also who the fuck are these kids? Like, right. what is this? Um, and then Seven, like, actually is like, oh, actually, I'm actually so glad that we're all here right now because I actually wanted to, like, have a moment to, like, share something with you all. Um, just wanted to share that I have herpes and, you know, it's just something that, like, we need to break the stigma. I'm just going to talk about it openly. It's not a big deal. Um, I feel like some of us may have some secrets, actually, that, like, they would also like to get off their chest. Like, S7's, like, very clearly looking at Subby. Like, I just feel like some of us maybe have something that they would also like to <laughs> share with those that they really care about as i modeled just now but you know whatever we'll just kind of see and somebody's like oh my god yeah uh mom i'm I'm a nanny i'm a nanny and so rafa takes it poorly that Subby's a nanny um, and basically mm-hmm. she's like you know this kind of brings shame onto our family and you know I didn't bring you to this country for you to work as a quote unquote servant and like it's like a whole thing I do think she she What's makes that? a pretty poignant point where she's like because Paul's like you think there's something wrong with, with Sevy being a nanny and then she's like uh, would you let your kid nanny my kid and I was mm. like honestly though like when you think about those dynamics like yeah would you (laughs) would that be okay with you like would you Mm. lose your status to care for my child unconditionally Mm. at the expense of your own family yes no feels like especially like Mm -hmm. we're we're from pakistan like weren't weren't the british already asking us to caretake their children (laughs) in an Mm. equal exchange for like i don't know a hundred years i'm just asking like just asking for a friend just wanted to check the notes on that textbook just wanted to see so if you're going to be righteously Mm. indignant maybe you should just also check your textbook um robbie didn't say all that because she only had to look at everyone in the room to get that point across and like we all felt it through the television screen but anyway marcy was still giving a summary so yeah (laughs) no yeah i mean certainly there's yeah a lot of a lot of nuance to to unpack there right and so basically somebody's like this is really awkward like my mom literally just incinerated everybody so i'm just gonna take henry and like we're actually gonna go see bessie real quick um so henry basically somebody takes henry to go see bessie and henry's just like you know talking to his mom etc subby doesn't actually go inside with henry and it's it's for reasons that we'll kind of talk about in a little bit but throughout this whole episode you kind of understand that subby's like really uncomfortable in hospitals like hospitals are just it's just like a lot yeah and violet doesn't go see doesn't go see her mom either she's yeah because and that's the other thing robbie does she's like okay wait you seem to have a family conflict that y'all can't figure out like what do the kids want and like one's like henry's like i want to see my mom and violet's Mm -hmm. like i don't and she's like okay so let's do that it's it's actually really wonderful how well she just kind of handled child rearing so easily Mm. yeah anyway sorry no that's real that's real yeah and so basically um later on the episode rafa gets discharged but like doesn't really want to see Subby. Um, and so, like, also, Lewis, I guess, like, was like, hey, by the way, you're oh, still gosh. here. And Subby's like, wow, <laughs> I don't care. Like, he's like, hey, like, I'm here too. And we're like, oh my God, Lewis, we get it. We, we get it. You're still here, you're still um, pining here. after Subby. And it was actually really interesting because I think, I think this is the episode where, like, basically, like, Lewis had ran into, um, ran into Subby, like, in a, in a grocery store yeah, grocery and was store. like, I want to get back together with, with you. And Subby was like, okay, cool. I'll give you a second chance chance if you like full mouth like just full blown make out with me in this like grocery store right now and lewis is like i mean like we can like could we like do that like like in private and somebody's like yeah um it's a shop i'm done i'm not doing this with you you bullshit i'm over it also lewis's ex confronted subby at one point it was very it was just very like white feminist energy and i was just like who has time for this anyway basically 
the 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 following episode there's sort of a <laughs> wasn't there like a sorry wasn't there like a scene earlier where like lewis pulled that you don't see me line again oh yeah like <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, he said that to mckenzie um Talk about a one, but then she was like i see you lewis and i was like oh this is too much now this is too much for everybody involved not yeah. not everybody talking about seeing each other <laughs> like chill out and i'm like lewis just needs to be the fuck single jesus christ right but, um, <laughs> literally a sh- literally a shit show um yeah. like you know what it's fine so but, it's, but yeah it's, everyone's it's, on their journey or whatever yeah, yeah like yeah like you know like whatever um fine. <laughs> so anywho that's like a weird subplot but basically bessie continues to be in this coma <laughs> subby's actually considering quitting their bartending gig in order to like sort of more full-time care for for the family but um Raffaele and subby actually have a very cute sort of exchange in this in this episode mm-hmm. over like food um where basically we see that like Rafa's like really trying to like better understand subby and like be like you know i i'm not I, you know i just wasn't i wasn't under the impression that like you identified as far as gender in a way that I like that, that 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 was different from what I thought that you identified as. But like you know, we 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 just go you know like we, we like she's trying right like she's trying she's mm-hmm. trying to you know be like show up right. And one of the things that she says to Sabi is like, hey, like you know, you can't keep just like giving up every aspect of your life for for other people, right? Like it's like mm-hmm. you have this bartending job, you, you know, you you were thinking about going to Berlin. It's like you keep sort of pushing everything off for this family. Like you can't only live your life for this family, right? Um mm-hmm. and you see too in that I think Ruff was also kind of speaking to her own experience a little bit. I think there's mm-hmm. some some tendrils of like I, I I used to live in a way that was similar to this. So from personal experience I'm trying to convey to you, Subby, that like you gotta also like keep yourself in mind too, right? And like you can't mm-hmm. always just like kind of live for others. Um, so that was like a really, really interesting exchange that that was like, okay, that was, that was, that was cute. Um, also for, so for a little bit, see, we also see that Paul actually figures out who Penny is. Um, and basically they end up <laughs> like meeting in this park and he realized that essentially <laughs> Bessie was quote unquote having an emotional affair with Penny with this like, dun, dun, dun. yeah. So like Aqua will go into more detail about that in the rest of the sort of the series. Yeah, sorry. It was just funny because like Paul gets to this bench and is like sitting there and like I don't know who Paul was expecting to see, but Penny sits down right next to him, and Paul and Penny both are like. I mean, Penny makes more sense that he doesn't know who Paul is, but Paul is just mm. not willing to believe because like Penny is like wearing this like uh, like childish like helmet. He uses Smexy in a text message which no one's used since two thousand and three. <laughs> Literally, Paul you know. was the last person. No, sorry, uh, Penny was the last one to use that shit. To use that, yes, he did truly. <laughs> that was, they have a gravestone with the word "smexy" in it. Anyway, um, so <laughs> meanwhile, Violet is yeah the children. They're struggling obviously with their mother being in hospice, and so Violet is actually just having more and more like you know acting out in school. And I think there's a point where Sebi has to pick her up from school, but there's another time and there was like a whole interaction with their principal who's odd. Um, but anyway, <laughs> but it's so Violet ends up kind of like burning her art project because her teacher gives her an F for reasons I don't understand. I don't know how you get an F in art. Like, like, <laughs> like, just, so like, aggressive. Clearly, like, yeah, like she clearly did the assignment. There's paint on the page. <laughs> right. Like, God damn. Like, like, okay. She was a little abstract with it. Whatever. She was open ended with the prompt. Like, ain't this art class? Didn't Violet that's say the same saying. shit? She's like, bitch, ain't it art? Like, I, just want to say, like, I feel like, like that's, 
<laughs> that's like the auntie in me if i like showed up i'd be like there's pain on the page isn't it <laughs> give her an a like, right the fuck anyway so she's suspended and made to go to therapy which she's resistant to but tabby tries to convince her that like you know therapy is good although i think violet's more interested in what seven's doing because seven's like left for berlin but then seven yes. also comes back <laughs> She has all these pictures of her in Berlin. Everyone thinks she's having a great time. And then she comes back and then she's like, honestly, I had a threesome with my boss and that really just made everything take a turn for the worse. But, you know, she later reveals that she felt unsafe and alone, which is interesting mm. because they kind of built up Berlin. I think this is actually true in real life. Everyone kind of builds up Berlin as this like queer utopia. And, mm -hmm. you know, of course, we're like Europe, Europeans are more progressive. And clearly, you know, that's, not true nowhere is nowhere is anywhere and everywhere is somewhere anyway so mm. meanwhile is somewhere else paul is struggling to try to like keep his family like afloat while he himself is full of like grief and now a feeling of betrayal um about his wife and uh, but so instead of like thinking deeply about his own thoughts and problems, he ends up just projecting that on his children and decides that Violet really wants a birthday party. Like she really wants one, even mm -hmm. though she's now known as like the pyro girl who got suspended from school and no one's coming to her birthday party. Mm -hmm. But he's like, your mom would have wanted it. So he throws a party. Oh, look that. Look at that. No one shows up except for this very adorable black boy. So mm -hmm. instead, <laughs> <if I> was, <laughs> he's like so cute. Yeah, that was no that plot. was that was sweet. But yeah, yeah, it's true. He's not in the story. But anyway, so uh, someone's like, hey, if you don't want to celebrate your birthday, why don't we celebrate someone else's like party? So mm -hmm. they end up going to this really like dope drag party at uh, Sebi's bar, and mm -hmm. then so we didn't really talk about this, but in the first episode. But Bessie, before she gets in the accident, says she really likes this lion photo that um, mm -hmm. that Sebi has in the bar. I guess it's not Sebi's bar, but in the bar, there's a lion <laughs> picture. And Violet sees that picture and also starts crying because Bessie apparently just loves lions and just like has all these lions. And mm -hmm. so I guess it reminds her of her mom. The whole thing was Violet wasn't being able to emote about her mom and mm -hmm. everything that was happening. She sees the picture. She starts crying and Sebi starts crying and I'm crying. Everybody's crying. Right. Um, so meanwhile, Paul is still going through it and he's like eating all this tofu, trying to feel something mm -hmm. um, when he gets a call from Penny and Penny's like, Hey, and Paul's like, you know, that it's me and that Bessie's in a coma. <laughs> and Penny's like, you know, that you shouldn't be answering your wife's phone when she's right. clearly unconscious. And they have that exchange for a while. And Penny's like, I am having dark, scary thoughts. And mm -hmm. Paul's like, i'm going to talk you through it come to my barn and so which a strange <laughs> right right could be I, murder wasn't murder because it's a sitcom but you're right yeah here in the I, u.s <laughs> i mean i mean paul i'm like paul chow you better than me because i'm like what you mean the person that my yeah spouse is having an affair with i'm gonna then therapize you are you gonna get the fuck out of here are you I'm serious like you, you know what i mean like i like Canada. yeah truly because i'm like girl paul yeah. what anyway so but i i mean that's good like it's you know a love for your fellow human being over romantic and i guess <laughs> right i'm not there yet anyway <laughs> <laughs> who is anyway right. so, <laughs> paul apparently so paul comes i'm sorry so paul comes over i mean penny comes over they hang out mm -hmm. and while they're talking <laughs> Benny just said like was like you have a wound here's salt I, anyway they figure out Paul figures out that 
Fanny probably was never actually talking to his wife. They were probably just like doing the horizontal tango on the regular without with Ooh. very little communication, <gasps> which is very upsetting to to Paul. And um, meanwhile, Henry wakes up and freaks out because he's he can't see Paul anywhere, so he's getting worried. And he goes to wake up Violet, and they're both worried. Meanwhile, Seven and Sebi, who are adults, are having their own adult life and fun because mm-hmm. adults do things even when children think they have nothing else to be doing. Right. And uh, Sebi meets this guy named Juan, and there's this whole like masquerade-esque element. They're wearing masks, and it's a mm-hmm. whole thing. It's very cute. But while that's happening, the kids call Sebi and interrupt their fun, and they're mm-hmm. like, we're scared. <laughs> so Sebi's like, I love these children so much. I will go find out what's wrong so mm-hmm. they go over to their house and they're like what's going on and they're like we can't find paul and they're like okay we'll look for paul i will look for paul you guys mm-hmm. go to sleep actually and then like henry is really adorable just like eating all this tofu <laughs> he's like oh boy and i'm just like what henry <laughs> henry <laughs> sweetness go to bed yeah so uh semi goes out and finds paul with penny and <laughs> And Benny's like, oh, hey, Sebi. And Paul's like, wait, you know them? And yeah. then <laughs> it's just bad. Yeah. Um, and Sebi's like, yeah, I do know Penny. I did know about the affair. But as you guys may or may not recall, I'm actually your nanny and not your therapist. And so mm. my job is actually not <laughs> to tell y'all about how you should and shouldn't be cheating on each other and should like, mm. get to know each other better. I literally, it's not in my job description. And Paul just feels bad and sad. Mm-hmm. And he's he's like, I didn't know anything about my wife. And uh, Sebi's like, have you considered that other people aren't side characters in your life? Oh. They go, so Sebi goes back to the party and they see Seven hooking up with Juan. <gasps> um, which I don't, the show doesn't really go into. I guess yeah. there's a season two, so maybe then. But um, right, they're hooking up and so they just leave. So Sebi leaves the party and then they get a call from their mom who implores them to just like be themselves and like think about themselves. And we kind of get this cutscene where Rafa is talking to her like, I guess, absentee husband who's in Pakistan doing things. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I want more space in the house. And he's like, who's going to pay for that? Why would we do that? And you can see kind of this like bubbling resolve happening in Rafa where mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to do things for myself. Um, so Sabi goes back to the party and everyone's kind of left already, but there's this other person, Olympia, who comes in and she's like, uh, I don't care if this party's over. I think she's also from the US. She's like, I don't care if this <laughs> yeah, party's is, over. Yeah. I'm dancing <laughs> and she's just having a great time. So Olympia and Sebi have this kind of heart to heart. Um and Olympia asks about Sebi's life as a trans person here in Canada and it kind of was like, honestly, kind of like Berlin. Olympia was like hoping that <laughs> that, mm. that Canada would be better than the U.S. But she was like, ah, everywhere is just somewhere, isn't it? And then she points out that we're oh, all God. traditioning in various ways, which is, I think, graciously said and beautifully said. Anyway, so the time fast forwards and Sebi mm-hmm. is worried well no Sebi is actually not worried about <laughs> about their mom <laughs> um Atsuka is actually the one who's worried and mm-hmm. calls Sebi and is like I think something's wrong so they go over to their mom's house and Rafa has like <laughs> punched a hole in the wall and it's just like it has this like very chaotic energy she's like she sees <laughs> Sebi who's wearing more feminine clothes and like says nothing and then is like food everybody food everybody eat 
seat and then like it's basically trying to like be there for for Seppi in like a really warm way but also an awkward I don't know how to do this way right um, also but really that, quickly I wish that Rafa had only just punched a hole in the wall like she oh yeah sorry she like <laughs> tore down an entire wall yeah, like when they went inside did. oxa was like i i can see my mom right now and i should be able to see my mom right now because there should be a wall right, right there like what <laughs> right. the fuck is going on that's literally what oxa says but anyway they figure out that shara her um they figure out that their uncle Shiraz and his son Kareem, which I guess is their cousin, are coming mm-hmm. over to help um, Rafa like take some stuff she doesn't want to the mosque because she's like doing this whole like you know Marie Kondo like everything has to go thing, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Sebi, you have to kind of like boy up for this." And then Sebi's like, "I'm not, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm gonna wear the clothes I came in with, and I'm." not going to change and Aksa's kind of scared and and Rafa's kind of scared because I mean this is the underlying like fear right that is and we've seen it in like the death of Vivek OG we've seen it like a lot of times right this like underneath all of our of people's like hesitation towards queer things feminine things race things it's like a violence right (laughs) like a fear Mm. patriarchy fear so uh, the uncle or a societal disapproval fear. Uh, so mm-hmm. uncle and cousin come over and it, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> that feeling is exactly yeah. the feeling that occurs. And everything. Ooh, child, that scene was a lot. I was so, uh, oh my God. It was yeah. very uncomfortable. Anyway, it yeah. wasn't even just uncomfortable. You just like, were like, yeah, I know this. <laughs> yeah. It was, like yeah. it was uncomfortable, but it was, that's an understatement. Um, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So Sebi ends up kind of changing clothes. Um, and then, you know, they pack all this stuff up and it's kind of sad because you're like, this is your uncle and your cousin. Like you would think, I don't know. Like, I mean, I get maybe that you disapprove, but like st- still family. <laughs> like you guys like, are God, all talking damn. about family. Like right. you, you, you don't have any jokes and no, no, like anything warm to say. Nothing. Mm. And, <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I guess blood You're just is angry. Not, okay. Right. Cool. Um, right. Didn't think blood was so thin, but I guess that's true across the board. I mean, we've seen it literally across the board. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway. Okay. So, but parallel to that, Violet has decided that she wants to go see her mom, and Paul is like, "I'm not gonna do it." So let's call Sebi, and Sebi's mm-hmm. like, "I'm kind of dealing with my own emotional turmoil right now, and like, do not have time for this." Mm-hmm. Um, so then Violet decides to call Seven, although she doesn't tell Paul she's called Seven. So Paul's there's this whole yeah. side story where <laughs> Paul feels like his daughter's been kidnapped, and Seven's like, "I don't care about rules," and so they go to the hospital. This part I was like, "All right, you probably should tell someone's guardian that you've taken their I, underage I, child." But I'd agree with that. Would, right, would agree I with think that. we all kind of agree with that. But whatever, yeah. it's a magical story, the sitcom, mm-hmm. everything. So they get there, and then Bessie actually opens her eyes, and everyone's freaking out, and everybody's happy. But at the same time, I think. Aksa was supposed to drop Sebi off at the hospital and then everyone's like, wait, where is Sebi? Because they're like, uh, yeah. where, where are they? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Cause, um, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's exactly what happened. Like she, like she did drop them off, but then like, I guess she drove off before, you know, I guess she could confirm that Sebi actually went inside the hospital because basically like Sebi got dropped off and just like went somewhere else. Yeah. So Sebi's actually struggling and this has kind of been the running theme the whole season with, I don't know if I want to see Bessie. I don't know if I want to deal with seeing someone I love so much who's in pain. And so ends up just going over just to Olympia's house where they kind of just like have a heart to heart. And then Olympia kind of just insists that like, 
Tevin needs to open up to her mom. And maybe also, you know, <laughs> you probably love Fessy a lot. And that's why you're having mm-hmm. a hard time seeing her. And maybe you should just see her anyway. So Tevin gets like the courage to, and then, you know, the, another running theme to the whole show is that Sebi's a bit guarded, right? Understandably so, society. Mm-hmm. But because of that, you know, it doesn't necessarily allow themselves to feel like the depth of their feelings towards, mm-hmm. of, oh, towards anyone. So they run to the hospital. Again, there's a scene with the police that I was like, hey, yeah, but it's fine. And then <laughs> they sneak in and they basically are like, Bessie, you're very important to me because that night before Bessie had gone into the crash, she had asked uh, Sebi if they would miss her. And Sebi kind of just blew it off and was like, what? Mm. And then they're like, of course I would miss you. <laughs> like, of course, of course, of course, of course. And then the police are like, what are you doing? You're broken to a hospital. <laughs> Sebi's like, bye, I gotta go. <laughs> right. Um, and it's just really beautiful and sweet. And then Sebi goes and meets Rafa at the bar that they work at. And it's kind of, it, it started off really happy. And like Sebi's making mm-hmm. their mom a drink and it's really sweet. Mm-hmm. But then Rafa gets a call and they figure out that <sighs> Sebi's dad is coming home to try and quote unquote fix them. And there's this Kareem that dread. Because the tea on what, like, you know, Yeah, and you're like, Kareem, wearing. aren't you a millennial? Like, can you just... Right! How old are you, Kareem? Like, I'm sorry, I also had to literally rewind. I was like, wait, who is Kareem? And I was like, uh, yeah, damn. Not a bitch that's that irrelevant. Spilling all this tea. Yeah. Like, ew. And like, a Kareem, like, who hurt you? Like, I don't understand. Like, Truly. That's your cousin. <laughs> I don't understand. Whatever. So... There, like the underlying dread comes back, and and mm-hmm. and Rafa's like, "Don't, don't leave me." And then Sebi's like, "I won't leave you if you're not going to leave me." And it's it's actually really sweet. Okay, mm-hmm. um, well, it's like bittersweet. It's like sweet with a feeling of dread. All right. So anyway, that's a summary. <laughs> when we come back, we'll discuss the whole thing with Rain. Yes. Woo! Uh, no, so excited. <laughs> See you on a bit. back Woo. and rain's here too so love that <laughs> love that for us um so yes so i figure what we could do um i mean certainly there's a lot going on in this show a lot to discuss so i'm thinking maybe we can just like kind of go around and maybe just say like general thoughts that each of us kind of have and then we can just kind of like you know like get into that nitty-gritty from there how, how does that sound to folks i like it yes cute okay so i don't mind starting so as far as just like general thoughts around sort of i fucking loved it i loved it i loved it i was truly like it did like i mean yes we watched it for the show but i was like oh i'm just like watching this leisurely like i'm just like so happy to be like getting to the next Mm -hmm. episode here i i feel like there's a there's a lot of reasons why i really was it was really into the show the first is that I love Savi as like a main character. Like their sense of humor was just like fucking hilarious to me. Very much like a dry humor, sort of like a quick wit type. Um, but like Savi's sense of humor was just really captivating. And I also just loved how like I feel like the show balanced like the serious with the absurd, like so mm. seamlessly, right? And so, like, for example, um, I remember like, you know, the first episode, like when uh rafo kind of ran into subby like at the you know outside of their uh, outside of their apartment like there was like this whole situation of like oh like my mom's here like 
does she approve of what I'm wearing? Like, what's going on here? But then, like, Rafa also brought Subby food. It was like, so, like, <laughs> Rafa yes. like, at one moment was like, I think, I, I think I'm going to go. And then Subby was like, wait, um, can I actually have the chicken? And then, like, the next scene is like Subby, like, bringing in the food, like, from that scene. Or, like, a lot of things with food, actually, because there was another scene where, like, when Lewis, Lewis's ashy ass came into the grocery store and was like, oh, hey, Subby, we yeah, get back together. And, like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, like, Subby was like, yeah, absolutely not, unless you, like, kiss me. And then, of course, Lewis didn't want to do it. Like, Subby was like, yeah, we're fucking done. And, like, starts walking off and then, like, goes back. And, like, Lewis had brought Subby, like, noodles as, like, a gift. And, like, Subby, like, <laughs> snatched that shit and was like, and I'm taking the noodles and i was like damn like <laughs> mama is heartbroken and you taking his noodles like shit um no it's just like a, a lot of just like balancing the comedic with the serious like it, i feel like the show just never i mean it's like it never took itself too seriously and it just made for a really but also was very captivating at the same time um i mean certainly the diversity of the cast was something that was really really lovely to see and like i don't know i feel like the the, the character arcs were just really complex and nuanced um mm. we'll get into like favorite scenes and things like that later but yeah i i loved the show certainly more to talk about but um yeah what, what, what did you all think yeah i can go i think i also really like the show i i really related to the deadpan <laughs> humor at first i was like oh no because you know deadpan is very cool so you're, i was like i was just gonna be very cool but then mm-hmm. as the show goes on Seppi's just they have so much heart and like, that's the point. Mm-hmm. Like they're guarded, but underneath the gardeness is just so much heart and love <laughs> and like care. And then also there's also, there's just like this, I don't know, this sort of like observational aspect where they just kind of like watch things happen and they just get more absurd mm-hmm. as they watch, you know, like for instance, when they come back and like, um, I think seven is hooking up with Juan or something and they just kind mm-hmm. of look down from the balcony and they just like, they don't really have anything to say about it. Or like when Olympia shows up and they just kind of are like infatuated by her. Like, you know, there's just a very like wallflower. Yeah. Wallflowery aspect. Mm. That's really, I really like, I, a lot of main characters have a, like a wallflowery aspect to them, but this one really, I don't know. It really worked. And I like that they mm-hmm. care more about, relationships than they do about success there was something very Mm. non like deconstructing this idea of like what what's a successful life you know and and it's Mm -hmm. it's very like oh one where you're honest and you grow as a person and you figure out and you're the most yourself and i I really like that and it's hilarious Mm. and all the characters are are really human all of them, everyone. Paul, mm. Violet, hey, I liked Henry. <laughs> Henry Me who too. doesn't like to talk. <laughs> and even Violet with her, you know, the way she expresses her her emotions is, is the type that gets gets young girls in trouble. And I like that Sebi kind of understands her and doesn't take her anger as an insult, and but rather as like mm-hmm. what it actually is, which is pain, you know, crying out for pain. I really like mm-hmm. that too. So yeah that's real that's real brain what did you think um i i enjoyed it i would liken it to some sort of like and please charge this in my head and i'm hard if i get this wrong i'm just trying to find a way to get this right without solely relying on other shows 
but it felt like it had this very contemporary, like, Asian surrealism thing where, mm-hmm. like, you... It it was very dry and it was very comical and like the stakes were raised, but then it mm-hmm. never truly felt like they were raised. And then you had this huge climax until like the very end. Um, Sabi, to me, I agree with everything you guys said. That is like they're kind of having these things exist and like popping out of autopilot just long enough to <laughs> make a point. But then go right back into this, like, I don't know, like this, this space of like imagination. Cause though it's not cartoonish and over the top, I'll say Atlanta. If I was to compare it to another show, yeah. it would be, um, mm-hmm. it would be Donald Glover's Atlanta without, for, for me, Atlanta is more visually Afro surrealism and in your face. I feel like this mm-hmm. is more of an internal show. Cause a lot of stuff that Sabi dealt with, I was like, mm, how are you like, they would just like accept the information and just have that same deadpan look like, mm, okay. But it wasn't until there were outside <laughs> forces like prying for more information that there was even like a, oh, will I miss you? What kind of question is that? Like that wasn't their initial, I don't Something about it just mm-hmm. feels so like in your head and it felt so comfortable because like the points in which Sabi would pause. Like myself, I would be like probably quiet and thinking like, what the fuck is good? You just fucking fired me. Am I going to miss you? But then, I don't know. So I I don't want to ramble, but I feel like this show did a good job of like presenting a character to you and, but pulling back so much. Like, I feel like there's a lot of script that's in Sabi's mind that never made the page. Mm. Because it feels like if there's a hundred percent of a script, with Sabi's words, it's probably 50% because the rest relies on everyone else speaking 100% of what was going on in their head. So yeah. I, I, I mm. thoroughly enjoyed it. I truly did. Okay, yes. wait. Mm. I mm. love this point about surrealism. And I do think that a comparison to Atlanta is apropos, if you will, because mm. I think, oh my god! <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. I, I I got rid of epistemology. Let me keep this one. Um, but <laughs> I think that for Atlanta, like the surrealism, because both of them get to the same point, which is that like a lot of our experiences. I'm not going to say you know what the term for us, but us non-white people's mm-hmm. experiences is that the real world is surreal, like. Like yeah. when Paul says, I was really glad that my children were exposed to you. People have said that to me. Like I've had that. And I, and at the time mm, I remember thinking, yeah, this is really yeah. surreal and really odd, but you can't like, you can't, you, there's nothing you can do. There's no fourth wall break in real life. And there's no, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't be like, you know, there's no other life you can jump into where you examine this one and tell everyone how, what they're saying doesn't make any sense. And I think in mm-hmm. Atlanta, mm-hmm they they make you see the surrealness more i remember in like the last season there was this scene where they all get in a car and they're laughing about how like the white people are just being so racist and they're just like cackling about it because it's like amongst them and they're in their own little circle and then they realize that like Mm -hmm. this white boy who also kind of stole paperboy's phone but anyway it's the side story and you don't know that is in there and he's laughing too he's like yeah they're the worst in there and you can just there's this like dreaded awkwardness of like Mm. Uh, that sinking feeling but if mm. it's so obvious whereas i feel like in this show those awkward moments 
Mm-hmm. There's no like pause of the camera. Like it goes like the yeah. way it would in real life where it genuinely mm-hmm. is surreal and odd and you just still have to take their kids to Taekwondo <laughs> afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I, so I think you're right. I think it is a similar surrealism just done with a different like stylistic choice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Damn. Interesting. Interesting. Rain, no, yeah, I, that's deep. Rain. Yeah, thank you for like mm-hmm. vocalizing that. Cause yeah, I didn't even like oh, yeah. put that into into language. But yeah, like I mean, very much that would happen so much. Somewhat sometimes so much to the point where like I would actually rewind certain scenes and be like, huh, so that's all we're getting. So there's I mean, I I, right. I, I pick up the subtext, but like I, there's okay, I guess we're I guess we're just moving right. on. Um yeah, no, it it was very yeah, I feel like there was a lot of subtlety in in the acting that was also really nice too. Like I remember the, that final scene between um, Sabi and and Rafa, where like, yeah, like Rafa had like like yeah. she made like the sli- like literally the slightest change of facial expression. And then Sabi was like, "What was that? You mm-hmm. good? What's up?" And then that's when Rafa yeah. was like, "Oh yeah, by the way, your dad is coming to Canada like on the first flight that he can find." And I was like, I literally had to go back, and I was like, I, I didn't even pick it up, but I was like, damn, like, yeah. Huh, y'all just really in tune with each other. So yeah, so there was very much that um not everything has to be vocalized to be to be communicated, which I think yeah. um is is was I'm not sure if that was intentional, but like that was certainly something that like I definitely could take away, you know, I guess as like a as, as like a like a like a theme for the show or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I have to be that person. But I, I do feel like a lot of modernity with like the Western lens tries to make it seem like everything unsaid is not real. Um, Mm. And I feel like Mm. all of us know, I mean, call it intuition, call it whatever, that the unspoken is sometimes the most real, especially if you're a BIPOC person navigating the world. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that the show is like, we're just going to speak in that language and people who have to speak in that language often will like quickly understand what we're doing and other people will be mm-hmm. maybe be forced to stretch themselves, but like not for the worst. Cause you're also a human being and you also understand unspoken things. You might just use it in a different way or not at all. or try to minimize it for your benefit in a capitalist society. What anyway? So I, <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. And I, I mean, clearly they're pulling from their Pakistani culture and it's so there's there's also that aspect to it and and that's why the fear when um their uncle and cousin come over is also really palpable but unsaid right mm-hmm. i mean there's right. one thing said right but that one phrase said is not what makes you so afraid it's like both their sister and their mom looking down it's just like the energy shift it's the gaze it's again mm. not said but very palpable so yeah yeah, definitely, 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 for sure, for sure. What did y'all? As far as like characters, were there any characters that particularly resonated with you all? Anyone that you were like, I, I have you fuck with this person? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. did you read my mind? That's something. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not be uh, me being read say- on that episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sabi for sure, but I try not to include mm-hmm. them because they were the main character. But I would have to go with though the the um, appearance wasn't as long. I'd have to say Olympia, and I'd have to go with Seven. Mm. But Olympia for sure. Olympia did it for me. I mm. I was all in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Definitely. I love this, like, coming in like a tornado of, like, the best kind. Um, <laughs> when she showed up, I was thinking, um, oh, let me get it right. What's the, is it the Drake um, song, Devil in a Blue Dress? Yeah, she's a killer. Because I was like, Olympia's <laughs> not like, yeah, it's, 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 it has to be blue because I don't think her dress is red. Either way, she came in and just, like, caused, like, chaos in the best ways and it was like that mm-hmm. breath of fresh air that character that uh, also is very beautiful conventionally and mm-hmm. and and uh i think in a lesser show that beauty would have been used differently whereas i don't think it was ever really that important um, not the way I perceived it. I saw her beauty being important to like establish, oh, this other character. But I could see how that could have easily just gone to a white character, be it a trans woman or not. But um, mm. my, I think Olympia is Asian. Again, forgive me, charge to my head, not my heart. I believe she's Asian. And mm. if I'm wrong, please cuss me out. But she, I don't know. It's just something about mm. Olympia that felt like this is your escape this is your connection to the outside world you couldn't go to berlin so let's bring Mm -hmm. something new to you here somebody to give you a bit more clarity because what she saying when they first departed she was like well this is real life too when um sabi was like well got a real life come calling or messed up up or something and i was like no i feel Mm -hmm. that because it's this idea of like kids and puppy love and you can't fall in love at first sight like yeah okay but like there's something to be said that this person walks in with this energy where you got sabi to dance got them out of their like skin was like you the effect was so instant that i'm like that's that's what was needed you know so i just i love olympia like team olympia same same yes no, she was oh. just so like, like realized is the first word that comes yes. to mind when I think of her character. Like she was just, I'm like, damn, you were just fully realized in yourself. Like just mm-hmm. truly just carried herself with like a, like, I ain't got shit to prove. I know who I am. We were mm-hmm. now. I'm a good time. Like she was just very lit, like just lit. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Um, but also really insightful and like very, I don't know. I just, I, I, I feel like she... Yeah, just had so much wisdom that that she brought to to the table in a way that I was like, damn. I mean, she showed up what like episode six or some shit. I'm like, damn, yeah, like the end, the beginning. I don't know. Like, I feel like so, Lewis got all all the episodes to show up. Uh, Olivia, I really wish you were there since episode one, actually, because yeah. you were everything. I mean, clearly she's gonna play a. I, I would definitely say she's gonna play a bigger role in the next season, but mm-hmm. no, totally agree. Olympia was really really dope. Um, what did you? What, why did you like seven? What was your What were your thoughts on her? Um, Seven was so, that's a character that I would see be reserved for a male character, like a, literally like a cis man. And I, I just like this idea that I know girls like that. I know folks like that who are not just cis men. And so to have someone so like expressive and artistic and like connected to what they want, even if what you want, once you get it, it's not what you thought. There were seven was so carefree and truly wanted to bring her friend along with her. And that 
I love Oxa as well, but having those mm-hmm. two kind of opposing uh, persons in Sabi's life is like, who doesn't have their two best friends or their friend and relative or like two people who are just as important in your life who don't get mm-hmm. along, but you are the glue and they're so far removed from each other. It's freaking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and that whole go getter artsy, we're moving to the gayest place in the world. Like something about <laughs> her to me did feel a little, um, well, I don't, okay. I want to be careful with what I'm saying. I'm going to say something and then walk it back. It felt a little less black, but to say less black, I think is a detriment or a disservice to the character because I think seven may have mentioned that she was biracial. Um, and Mm -hmm. also she's a woman and a lesbian and is like in Canada. So that upbringing is very different from mine. I have a very American view of blackness. And so I don't want it to seem like seven wasn't black enough because there's no like, tool to measure that but i do want to say the things that i saw in her that i was like oh i can relate to this there were equally things where i was like oh wait a minute this this feels like should have been handled a different way but she also grew up in a space that is neighbors but are probably very different um so seven also had me uh challenge a lot of what i view because that was my initial thought i was like oh is is she really black and i was like hmm Blackness can take a lot of different roads. So, mm-hmm. yeah, she is black. But what is that saying about you that that was your first or second response to some mm-hmm. things that she did? So that was another thing. She really had me check my own, like, mm, you may want to unpack this and see what this means for you. So mm-hmm. I love that. No, that's real. That's real. For yeah. sure. For sure. Akko, what did you what did you think? Which character do I relate to? <sighs> Mm-hmm. I guess I can't just say Sabi because they Or even just like really appreciated like I think I really appreciated I honestly I did appreciate Rafa, the mom, because <clears throat> and 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 their sister. I, I because I, I do think they added sort of a I don't know, I, I like the I, there was a scene where Rafa was like you you're gonna give all of yourself away and and don't don't do that <laughs> like and Sebi's kind of like I don't really get what you're saying <laughs> um mm-hmm. but I kind of do and it's like this thing where you know even if your mom doesn't understand and this is not true for everyone but for for their relationship it's like there was still mm-hmm. love there and there's a part where Sebi has to kind of understand where their mom is coming from about something mm-hmm. that doesn't have to do necessarily with gender, but has to do with wisdom. Like there's something that their mom knows about life that Sebi doesn't quite know, but starts to see. Mm-hmm. And it is about, you know, how much they're giving and is it being reciprocated? And it, I think I kind of said something mm-hmm. like this in the summary. Like you do have to question, like, would Paul let his kid like in the reverse, like would the majority culture be this caring Mm. about a child of color? And that's true sometimes, but I've lived a whole life and I've been a child of color in white spaces. And that has not always Mm. been the case. And I might say has not been the case the majority of time. So Ralph is really asking like, why, why are you, why would you have to be less, you know? Um, right 
obviously being a nanny is not less <laughs> clearly, but like just that care that the mom has, it, it seems like almost like, I don't know. It just like, that's what heritage brings to a situation, right? Like it's, it's mm-hmm. anyway. So I really liked, and she's just funny. Like when she's eating food, <laughs> yeah, she's just hilarious. No, she's just like funny. And, yeah. and just her trying to mm-hmm. understand and, and be better. Like, and with the, like, in the way she knows how she's like um i guess i'll just keep feeding you like i don't i'm your mom so (laughs) worst case scenario i can definitely give you food and you'll be fine um it's very Mm -hmm. like i don't know it's a very mom thing to do you know to be like are you fed (laughs) anyway Mm. no that's real that's real honestly um this wasn't even planned, but yeah, Aqua, that was actually who I was going to say as well. I, I really appreciated Rafa's character. And honestly, yeah, just their family dynamic between, yeah, Sabi, Aksa, and, and Rafa. Like, I really, I appreciated their, that that depiction for, for a number of reasons. Exactly what you're saying as far as, like, just the insight that she brought to the table. But I also just loved that, like, I don't know, I, I liked the depiction. Okay, because I feel like I... I feel like there's like a whole thesis here and I'm trying to figure out how to like succinctly say it and not just talk for 40 minutes. But <laughs> I think going into going into the show, one thing mm. that I was a little bit nervous about is that, and this is something that I've, that I've just kind of observed in general in a lot of sort of Western paradigms around things like transness and queerness. I feel like there's sometimes like a embedded or implied like white standard or like, mm-hmm. I don't know, whiteness is somehow seen as making you more like progressive or like more you know quote unquote forward thinking as it, as it comes to like you know a trans or a queer lived experience or that somehow whiteness or like a western paradigm determines where that conversation is um and it kind of ignores sort of a lot of the non-western ways of understanding things like gender and sexuality and, and, and things of that nature and so i was like nervous a little bit about rafa's character just because i was like uh like is this kind of like yeah gonna play into that a little bit like what like what's going on here but something that i really appreciated was that like i loved that you see a depiction of like you know this parental figure being like i'm I'm not sure all of the language that you might use to describe this but like i don't have to fully get every single nuance of who you are as a person to respect and to love you regardless i feel like that's something that kind of gets lost a little bit and it kind of goes back a little bit to what we're talking about with like the, the the emphasis on the spoken word, right? That like this idea that like whiteness really emphasizes what is written or what is said, right? Like in that some something unspoken is not real. I feel like there's sometimes this heavy emphasis. I mean, certainly language is very important, right? I'm not I'm not gonna say that it's not important, but I think sometimes too I think there's this idea that like I have to fully understand someone or their lived experience in order to believe them or to care about them or to respect them. And that's that's not that that's not true, right? Like you can you can like that, that that order is not predetermined. And so I feel like seeing her journey and like understanding um, more of Sabi's lived experience was really interesting and very important. And I also like too, that they kind of pulled a little bit, eh, a little bit, but they pulled a little bit from also like non-Western ideas of what, what, what it, what it means to, for example, be what we might call like trans, for instance, like how there was a conversation. We didn't talk about this in the plot summary, but there was a conversation where Rafa was talking with, um, with uncle Sherez uh, after, um, you know, he had seen Savi wearing more femme clothes. And basically Rafa was like kind of talking about like, Oh, like, you know, this is who Savi is like, et cetera, et cetera. And then basically like, I think uncle Sherez says something like, Oh, like, would you say that Savi's like Hydra? And like basically Hydra, for those who may be unaware, is basically like it's, it's like a 
it's essentially like a gender identity that exists in like various parts of South Asia. And I was like, oh, like that's really dope that like you're mm. pulling from this like kind of pre-colonial concept of like of, of who people just are, right? Yeah. Like it's not like this idea of being trans started with the language of trans or with the assumed Western gender binary, right? Like this is like a very pre-colonial idea, right? And so it's one of those things where I'm like, or, or, or lived experience. And so I, I feel like there was just a lot of nuance in, in that conversation. And I loved how um, they were also pulling from non-Western ideologies and just kind of showcasing you know, just kind of the ways in which we can also grow to to understand people's lived experience lived experiences while we continue to love and respect them throughout that process, right? And I feel like that's something that like mm-hmm. you don't always get to see like that. So loved that. Also, sorry, I'm just I'm piping off. But one other thing that I really liked about the family dynamic too, especially with Ox's character, um, Sabi's sister, was that like it was I feel like it was it was interesting seeing Aksa was clearly very supportive of who, you know, of Sabi's gender expression, et cetera, et cetera, but also was very responsive to the cultural context that all of them were navigating at the same time, right? Because, yes. like, this idea yes. that, like, and I think this is kind of going back to what I was saying about, like, whiteness being sort of interlinked with a queer identity. Like, I feel like there's often this idea that, like, or, or, or queer trans identity that, like, you know, if I'm a trans person, a queer person, that, like, my experience is what matters the most and I'm going to come out and that doesn't fucking matter and fuck your opinions and fuck your feelings and, like, all of that. Like, it could be a very, like, I, the individual, and how I show up is what's most important. And I think that certainly has, you know, a, a, a role and can be very liberating for a lot of people. But I think, too, in a lot of various cultural contexts, like, you know, it, it doesn't, you showing up a certain way does have more of an impact on sort of what's on the people around you, right? Like where the idea isn't necessarily hyper-focused on the individual, but also just sort of like who we are as more of like a as a, as a group or a collective. And it's not to say that we should lean on that to justify transphobia or homophobia, none of that shit, right? But I feel like there was a nuance with, especially Oxa with her being like, I heavy fuck with you. And... I know mm-hmm. that if you show up in this way, shit's going to go down with mom is going to be yep. a whole to do like, you know, yep. like it's just it's one of those things where it's like, it, I, I still fuck with you. Ha- like, let, like, let us be clear. But I just want to make sure that we, we just are all aware that like mm-hmm. this is, you know, it, it, it's, it's complicated. Right. And so I feel like and, and that's just the case for a lot of us. It is complicated. You know, any form yeah. of coming out or, or, or things like that, it's just complicated. And so I feel like that nuance was really appreciated because I feel like in a lot of other media that would be depicted as like Oxus somehow like being like yep. against who Sabi is or like, you know, is being bigoted when it's like, no, like that's not actually not what's happening. It's just, it's just more nuanced than, than that. So yeah. anyway, I've been talking so much, but um, no, yes, I, think... I clearly have thought a lot about their family and Facts. I definitely appreciate the family dynamic there. Yeah. I think, I mean, we've talked to, I think we talked about this a little in the death of Vivek and a little more in all boys aren't blue. Um, mm-hmm. I think that author also kind of talks about this. Um, right. But like, like for instance, not every language has a differentiation that does like a lot of languages have neutral pronouns before English. Mm-hmm. There's so many gender expressions and there are so many things that people are like, I don't understand how this fits into a binary in the first place, you know, like in other mm-hmm. places, Gender is not the quintessential part of people's identity. It's a part. And yeah, you, you, you look, no one's saying that the binary doesn't exist, but it might not be the most important part of whether or not you're part of someone's, the people that someone loves and feels obligations to. 
And on the reverse, your gender sh- wouldn't excuse you from whatever obligations you have towards that person. So if they're your family, yep. like you wouldn't just like not go to like the big community, like whatever wedding or something. Now, mm. does that get toxic? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Of course it gets, <laughs> everything gets toxic in a bad place, right? Like there's no social structure that doesn't, that can't be bad. But mm-hmm. I think this idea, like you're saying, where like the Western conceptualization of gender is one the most progressive and two, the most encompassing and three can be used as sort of another kind of like colonial tool of like, you guys Mm. are not moral enough and thus are we, (laughs) it justifies our colonialism because you would never, once again, you would never have done this without us. It's just a further, it's just another lie. I, I think Singapore, like, like i think they decriminalized like um gay marriage by like rescinding a british colonial <laughs> law um recently right. i'm not saying again i'm not saying everyone's doing everything they need to but i am saying that like before you go and say that you're progressive ask yourself like what legacy you left behind in the first place <laughs> Um, and also just don't be so arrogant to think that other cultures don't know what they're doing and don't know how right. to encompass the, their loved ones in them. Yeah, you could always point to terrible mm. examples. Of course, there's so many. But, you know, if you're going to mm. turn the lens that way, you could turn it right back. <laughs> You've got some terrible examples over here, too. Period. So, Period. so I totally Come see on. your point. You know, anyway, I just wanted to emphasize that I agree. I wanted to, cro- what was it, crochet off of your point? <laughs> Crescendo <laughs> off of your point? Anyway, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> love that pirouette chow something there anyway go. um there we go <laughs> love love that let's see what 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 also did i love i don't know lewis what was his name coming up every once and again just to be a, oh, <laughs> a disaster just a <laughs> mediocre ass fuck truly yes <laughs> the worst. truly the worst Disgusting. Um, and i don't know i just i, I just well, he was the worst, but I, I whatever. I love this show. I thought it was a great show. But there, were, I think at the end, there was some scene. I don't know. There was some scene that made me like cry and be like, "I'm not crying. You're crying." And then anyway, so wait, which one? Oh, I think I, I can't remember. I want to say it's the scene with um Wasabi and, and their mom, but I, I don't know. If the, I don't think that's true. I think it was earlier than that. And then my brain quickly mm. blocked it out because it had so many feelings. So. Oh, <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fair. Love that. Um, Rain, did you have any favorite moments or like scenes or anything like that? Yes, yes. So the Oxa 7 scene, well, first of all, the entirety of the hospital scenes, but those two mm-hmm. standing at the elevator, the herpes conversation, it was so, mm-hmm. it was so funny. Um, because it's like <laughs> nothing about that was a lie. Like Ox's confidence with like this condition, and then also Seven frustrated because why did you tell your sister? And then it's also right. like, yeah, y'all best friends, but like, of course, Sabi would tell their sister. But then it was like, mm. I hate you, you hate me, but <clears throat> it's just a skin condition that X amount of people in the world. It was so weird. It because it was like. Uh, not that there's like lighthearted diseases, but like that mm-hmm. was what I was like. I, I kept trying to replace it with other things like, oh, lupus or HIV or I don't know, just terrible mm-hmm. acne. And I was like, this was probably the perfect 
thing to have this conversation about with two mm. people who are so different. Well, I feel like to get a little deeper, even if you're going to like, if there are people struggling or battling with negative feelings about this, I think this is one of the, and I say lighter and I use that very loosely, but lighter mm-hmm. conditions to address because nine times, like chicken pox is herpes. You know what I'm saying? Like it's so, yeah, literally, yeah. it's yeah, so many herpes. different, like yeah. it's Not a condition that I, gets a stigma. Lot of things. Right. <laughs> water water is herpes no oh, but it's something that is like so prevalent that has this terrible i don't know uh, branding about it if herpes has branding mm-hmm. but to see those two people who were so polar opposites of each other but dealing with the same thing it was such a weird like warm scene where it was like mm-hmm. yeah i hate you you hate me but you know thank you that really does help and it's like it doesn't even have to like stop at the herpes analog. I feel like that was just comical and outlandish enough to like draw you in, but it could very much be like, yeah, you're a snooty, high sedity girl, and I'm this tomboy, but we both have the same political leanings, or we both love right. avocado mm-hmm. toast, or like it's just this mm-hmm. like kind of like great equalizer. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was gonna say, or like, there's a floor to dislike. Like, no one's saying you have to like everyone from every community, but there is saying that, like, but there's a floor to how mean you're gonna be, right? And so, mm-hmm. someone has an mm-hmm. if you if someone like where what's your humanity level? You know, <laughs> like, 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 you, right. just because you dislike someone, if there's something that like a genuine thing that that people should have resource people should have like you mm-hmm. you disliking them doesn't change that right like me disliking right. you doesn't mean you shouldn't have health care <laughs> like me disliking you doesn't right matter. right right you, you know and then that's oscar's point like i yeah i find you moderately annoying you're not my favorite of my siblings friend but that doesn't mean you should be discriminated against for herpes it's like you know and right. i think that's mm-hmm. that's really like you're saying there's a really wonderful sort of optimism to that even though that sounds weird because in our society you will like Mm -hmm. if you don't like someone well everything they did is awful they don't deserve anything you know right Mm -hmm. oh yeah Mm -hmm. i agree i agree yeah yeah absolutely oh my yeah i i I love that point so much um yeah their back and forth was very (laughs) was very cute um to me what my favorite scene honestly I would have to say it was the drag party. I, I'm not you. I feel like the drag party was really <coughs> lovely. I love that it was like, yeah, Violet, I know you don't want to celebrate your birthday, but let's just like go to like some other party. And I just love the, like this intergenerational, like racially diverse, yes. like group of people all going to like, like literally like, I mean, half the group was kids. Like half of them, like, it was Violet, her little friend, yes. um, Henry, <laughs> and then like Savi, Seven, and Paul, like all like dressed to the nines and going to this like party at this bar. And I was like, okay, so like logistically, like I'm not sure if like they would have been, like the kids would have been allowed at a bar because I'm like, y'all are like literally under it. Well, but, like, whatever. It's yeah. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> it also was a bookstore too. So maybe like because it doubled, like it was like not that deep, but yeah. And I it's Canada. Yeah. Aka, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, like, there's just so much stigma about, like, trans people being around kids, drag shows around kids. And Mm. I think this really shows that, like, this this is absurd. Like, this this, is absurd. Yeah, because you're just like, 
yeah, kids could go to a drag show and have a great time and be fine. Like, it's nothing, mm-hmm. there's nothing dangerous about this. There's nothing, you know, salacious. Ha- I mean, okay, yeah, after hours, there's something salacious, but it's it's the middle of the day. Like, no one's, we're just, mm-hmm. people are just having fun and expressing themselves. And children should mm-hmm. be allowed to be in those spaces, also learning that they can express themselves. And, you know, it's a Absolutely. poignant point that that's where Violet's able to finally, you know, connect with her feelings about her mm. mom, right? It's because, mm-hmm. yeah, Queer. and if you can mm. contrast that with, like, Paul trying to throw her this party with people who her age who, that she doesn't even want. And it's like, sometimes you just mm. want to be, you want to be alone around people who understand like i don't she doesn't want to be the center of attention she just wants to be somewhere where the energy is different you know where people are okay and it feels good to Mm -hmm. be in a place where people are okay and and you don't have to be the the main focus i don't know i Mm. i don't know i think i got off topic but i i think my whole point Mm -mm. is no yeah okay thanks (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i totally agree i i love what you're saying about even i feel like even like the subtext of that scene exactly to your point where it's like this space just has like permission in a way that kind of gave violet the space to like feel her feelings but even it's what's interesting about that too is that like we also see some like it's not like confirmed but like some sprinklings of the fact that violet herself might be might be queer as well Very so it's kind of interesting because i feel like there's also this like Going back to that same, like, oh, like, but is it safe for kids to be around? You know, like, you know, queer and trans people. It's like, why are we assuming that there are not queer and trans, trans children? children? Yes. Like, what is Her happening? mom was queer. Like, literally. Yes. So, like, what? huh? So, like, yeah. why are we, like, what is this? Like, could we not also allow ourselves to believe that, like, this could also be, like, a, like one of the most affirming spaces for mm-hmm. a child to be in, too? Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, so I just, I loved that scene, and, 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 I, and I loved just, like, yeah, they were just, they, I mean, they just, as a crew, it just, it was very, it was giving very much hodgepodge, like, I'm just yes. like, how did these five motherfuckers, or I guess technically <laughs> six motherfuckers here. get together, like, what, I like, mean, what is happening here? But, like, I kind of live, like. Yeah, same. I agree. Sorry, Raymond, what were you going to say? Oh, no, no, I'm just, I'm agreeing. I think that, um, that children being in that space was such a, like, that was such a great way to take the scene, um. I remember being 13. This is oh, so off topic. 13, awkward, <laughs> tall, just kind of all over the place in the way. And I had a cousin <laughs> who I never met before. He was gay, had a boyfriend, did hair in the basement, like very stereotypical 90s black gay guy. And he invited me to this like hiv awareness like safe sex thing and i went Mm. and my uncle was so frustrated he was so mad like how dare he invite you and this one because it was a lot of gay it was like a i think a drag queen who i'm sorry may Mm -hmm. have been trans i was so young i was i couldn't register what i was like seeing for the first time but like afterwards they were like well He's 13. This is the age that kids, regardless of how you feel about it, they do start having sex. Hormones are all over the place. So because your cousin saw something that maybe you are so afraid to address, like, do you not know how refreshing that was to learn about safe sex in a space with folks who were like, I was kind of scared. I didn't know what was what, but they were very much like Mm -hmm. me, not like in a public school setting with like a bunch of 
oh, that's gay, LOL. Like, it was so, so yeah. So just to to your point, I enjoyed that scene as well. Because, like, it's the little things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So. Uh, I love that. I love that. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. That's not off topic at all. That was actually just meticulously to the point of the discussion so yeah um well yes mm-hmm. no keep going no no friend you got it i feel like i've been doing a lot <laughs> well, i was just gonna say <laughs> you, I, <got> it. <laughs> I, you have not been doing a lot you've been doing the right amount as per usual always the right amount with my um i was just gonna say i guess as a final a final point i, I did feel like there was something in the show that was because I, I noticed even paul got a lot of sympathy from the author the author, the writer, mm-hmm. the director, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh. His grief is... Sorry, y'all. Y'all are like, Akko doesn't write movies, television shows. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, I think even Paul got a lot of sympathy from the writer in a way that I, I was watching and I was like, you know, I don't think I could name a, a white writing room-based show in which the people of color, the queer folks, get that much sympathy um, mm-hmm. in total humanity. And I, I just want to, the reason I point that out is because there's always this comment like, well, I didn't understand the experience, so I couldn't write about it. And you're like, I think that's a bit, bit of a lie, you know, because everybody, yeah. everyone is seen when a writer accounts for the humanity of people. And so if you're writing yeah. POC characters flatly, it's because you're not accounting for the humanity of them. And, the, you know, I'm going to start calling it what it is. It's dehumanizing and it's discriminatory. Mm-hmm. So that's not a good excuse. Do better. But on that note, with a little more grace, I do feel the show also says like, you know, I don't know. The mom, when I think about Rafa, I think about the fact that she's not perfect at it, but she's still trying. And and there's something here about all of us. We all are not doing our best all the time with everything mm. about people's identities. Just frankly, like, like we, let's mm. all really be honest with ourselves. No, you know? t- that's tea. That's it's, tea. It's no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, period. You might be a right. different race. It might be a different gender. It might be your same gender. We don't across the ability, board. Whatever, ability, whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. you, most likely you've put someone in a situation where they had to do the emotional extra labor. And I think our first response yeah. is to be like, very dismissive like do better and fine call people out yeah yeah whatever but i do think there's something to be said about the fact that we're, <laughs> yeah i mean sure we yell at people whatever <laughs> but right. but i do think there's something to be said about the fact that you could still and and i like this with sabi when they can't go to the hospital see bessie right like if you think about it from a different perspective you're like that's awful <laughs> sabi it's awful that mm. when bessie asked if you would miss her you didn't say anything <laughs> you know what i mean and mm. and then olympia like kind of points out this point like like sometimes you admire someone so much that you can't see them you know sometimes you love someone mm. so much just because sometimes you love people but you express it poorly you know yeah a lot of the Oof, times that's real and that's real yeah and the show is saying like our lives are about being brave enough to 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 express it better um, it's not. It's not about always being, being able to say the right thing. It's it's about really, really trying to look past all of our insecurities, which we all, which is what all these things stem from, and really, you mm-hmm. know, 
be with the people who are in our community. So it's not, you know, and this is not always doable. Believe me, I, I know. Sometimes you just have to walk away. But where you can, where there's space to, I think the show does a really good job of saying just because someone doesn't express it correctly doesn't mean there isn't love there. Um, mm. I don't know. Take that with a little bit of salt, though, because sometimes you really do need yeah. to walk away. But anyway, that's all. That's all I got. <laughs> no, that's, yeah. that's real. I, I mean, I just, I mean, I just simply agree. I just simply agree. Um, and to your point about Paul, it was interesting because it was like, it wasn't like, oh, Paul's getting so much space and no one else is getting any right. space. It's like, oh, we're actually all just giving everyone space. Um, Paul is a person, so we will also, by extension, give Paul space. Not because Paul is a white man a difference um there but but yeah but um i was thinking are there any other final thoughts that folks wanted to share before we start to wrap up a little bit no uh, ox is the best sister come on <laughs> love that love that i think um, that's fair i think that's fair well, on that note, um, Rain, yes. how can our listeners get in touch with you? Uh, tell us, tell, yeah, tell the folks how to get in touch with you and engage with you. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, Twitter is the most immediate way to get in touch with me. Carefree Blurred. Please hit me up on TikTok as well. Same name, Carefree Blurred. Talk a lot of mess. Oh, TikTok. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to, trying to keep up with the kids. Um, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com <laughs> if you want to email me. And, uh, you know, just check out wherever you listen to podcasts, the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast. I'm constantly pumping out representation conversation. Uh, also, which mm-hmm. don't know why I didn't plug this before, being a book lover's podcast. Um, I have a separate brand, Reading, Writing, Rain, which is my author Ooh. platform. Like, what was I? Like, where? Who am I? So, um, this is a brand that is based solely around me and my writer's journey. I am publishing two books simultaneously and I am documenting my journey. Uh, Twitter, Common Rain, TikTok, Reading, Writing Rain, every other social media, Reading, Writing Rain, Reading, Writing Rain at gmail.com. Like the Reading, Writing Arithmetic is a play off of that. But uh, yeah, I'm just, follow me, YouTube, all that stuff, just trying to get my little journey off. Like, what? That should have been what I led with. What? The? But yeah, that's it. I, that's, wow. And one thing about you, one thing about you, God, have things what? going on. I love it. I love it. Also, you're gonna have to let us know when you publish these books. Absolutely, I mean, love to talk Absolutely. about them, like on the show, like that. Could be I cool. mean, agreed. So, just go manifest. That. Okay, just gonna manifest that I mean, really quickly. Um, I hope y'all like. Now, if it's terrible, say that. Like this shit is trash. Get no. this out of here. <laughs> <laughs> one out of ten would not recommend. Not a one out of ten. Never that. <laughs> Could you imagine? Um, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh yeah, my god. but yes. Also, just want to say thank you so much. Yeah, again for coming on to the show. You are always just such a ray of sunshine, and we just we love having you on the show. So thank you for being patient with us throughout this process and Shoot. helping us to close out our summer short series. We definitely yeah. really really appreciate you. Yes, yes. Well, thank you all so much. I was going to make a pun about rain, but I won't because that's not cool. Um, We really (laughs) enjoyed having you on here. And it was really lovely and we're really happy. So, yeah. And of course, you're welcome back anytime. So, 
Hey, same, same. Y'all are always welcome on my lowly little platform. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. So if you want to catch the color pages, um, we got a Twitter. Are we on it? Find out at the color pages. And so at these color pages, truly just send us an email. I'm not even being funny. If you really want to talk to us, just email us at these color pages at gmail.com. Clearly, we're from 1998. And so that's our mode of communication. We have a website, these color pages.com. And yeah, we just, oh, we have another announcement, but I'll let Marcy do the thing first. Oh, yes. So, yeah, love that. Love that. Do all of that. So, um, also, if this show brought you any love, light, delight, please leave us some love wherever you are listening to this podcast, which could be Apple Podcasts or not. Mm. But regardless, certainly a comment, <laughs> a rating, a review, wherever you are uh. listening to this. I, I'm, I'm especially looking at the Spotify girls. They let you leave um, stars now. So if you want to leave us a little reading, they yeah. love that. We definitely appreciate that. Mm. Um, also, if you know someone in your life where you're like, you know what you need? HBO Max is sort of like, I mm. don't even know. Like, I mean, you just need this show. Please send them the, the link to the show. I will say, I would usually say no context and then throw your phone into like a fucking volcano. But like, don't do that because like they actually need to watch the show first before they listen to this because otherwise it's literally going to spoil everything. So like maybe just like, I don't know, use your phone to text them and be like, hey, do you want to like have a watch party and then like listen to the Color Pages Book Club, LOL, and then they'll respond accordingly. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they respond back to you at all. Mm-hmm. Also, wanted to say <laughs> that... um we have a little bit of an announcement. This is something that I previewed a little bit in our last episode, but, but just wanted to say we didn't here really, now. We didn't really pre. Oh, we said we were going to tell y'all, and so now we're telling them. Yeah, we previewed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, basically, okay. So we're not going anywhere. We're still we still exist. The show is still happening. However, Akko and I we have been working for three plus years on this podcast um we have literally never taken um an extended break for row for row we've always had episodes coming out every two weeks but we're going to take a little bit of a break between now and the start of our next season so our next episode is going to be coming out in four weeks um instead of the usual two-week cycle so that is what's going on there but yeah we're going to take a little bit of time just to kind of get some things together whatever whatever and then we'll start the new season in october so just wanted to quickly give you all that notice just so you're not like um what the fuck like why (laughs) are they late y'all just late by two weeks yeah so we aren't because we announced it (laughs) um but anyway and also the book that we're i would have just i was just gonna be like you know when the sign just like turns over and says it's closed and they're on vacation and you like, don't know when they're coming back. <laughs> you're like, yeah. damn, that was my favorite chicken place. That's a, that was what I yeah, was going to but... do. But Marcy loves you also. <laughs> Here we are. Yes, we are. In, we are indeed coming back. So, yes, yeah, so we will see you all in about a month. And I want to just give you all the exact date. Give me one second. Yes, so we'll be back on October 6th, exactly. Mm-hmm. But um, also, the book that we're going to be reading on October 6th, child, we don't know. So, um, <laughs> But we will release the reading list before then, so y'all will know what we are reading. I, pr- I swear yeah. to God, we're actually going to show you all the books this time. We've been bullshitting this summer. I'm not going to hold you. We have been. You're right. We have been. But next 
season. <laughs> we will tell you the books. I promise. Yeah, we'll anyway, come back um, immaculate. You know, right? Pristine hair, just mm, beat. Look at that. Ooh, beat to the gods. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Period. Um. Anyway, so between the brain is like what? Anyway, <laughs> between now and then, <laughs> uh, between now and then, um, Akra, are there any other things we should leave our listeners with before we head out? <laughs> no. Just until we meet again, remember to stay colorful. colorful.